Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me, every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in San Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Stephanie Kramer is the author of Carrie Strong, an empowered approach to navigating pregnancy and work. Stephanie is a tenured beauty industry executive today serving as the chief human resources officer at L'Oreal USA in New York City. She's an adjunct professor of management communication in the graduate business program at the Fashion Institute of Technology, where she is also a member of the program's advisory board. She has been a featured speaker at several colleges and universities, including the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania, NYU, and Harvard University. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Carrie Strong. 
Of course. It's so great to be with you, Zoe. Thank you for having me. Of course. First of all, I feel like I need your web designer because you have the best website ever. She's great. She's an awesome human. You absolutely can have all the information. Really? Okay. We'll have to touch base after this. (laughs) She's really good. I want you to talk about the book, but I want to just read this quote that you had on the site, which says, just because you carry something well, doesn't mean it isn't heavy. Yes. Oh, I love that so much on so many levels. Yeah. It's one of those things that, you know, I think we all feel like even when I was writing the book, I wanted to be something that was lifting some weights off our shoulders, Yep. but it doesn't mean that it's not going to exist. So, you know, it's just because you carry well doesn't mean it isn't heavy. That's right. And we don't have to always show up that way, you know, for our friends, for our family, for ourselves, but sometimes it's okay to recognize there's some pressure. (laughs) There's pressure. What do you mean? There's no pressure working and having kids and whatever. Where is the like carry strong for teens? Like I need that. (laughs) I need the PS to this. Well, wait, let's back up. Why don't you tell listeners what carry strong the book is about and also the accompanying company and mission and all of that, because it's all wrapped up. Sure. Absolutely. So carry strong, which the full title is carry strong and empowered approach to navigating pregnancy and work. It launched in May in 2023. So during the month of mothers, my first book was real labor of love, pun intended. (laughs) And I wrote it over the past three years late at night. So I have a a full-time day job. I am also the mom of two young sons and a professor. And for me that I saw the advice I was often giving behind closed doors from my own experiences having a, a much bigger home in place, particularly in something as you know powerful as a resource, like a book that you can read in private, you can share with someone, you can discuss if you want to or not, or listen to it like our listeners. And so I wanted to create something that was comprehensive, but for something really specific, which was navigating pregnancy and work. So I started the first of four quantitative studies, and then I did over 200 interviews with amazing inspirations and icons. And the result is the book. Wow. So what are some of the takeaways that we should know? How can anyone survive that time of life? Yeah, well, I think the the big part of it is that you can, there's the survival instincts that kick in, but it's also what you can do and you can thrive and actually come out on the other side of it. And so many women shared this, but in hindsight, they want to thank themselves and they got a confidence boost and they have so much pride in becoming a mother and a working mother. So within the book, there's two sections. One are these five principles that I really found from the research and the stories were helpful no matter what phase you're in. And then the second part is actually to define the phases of pregnancy and work as not just when you have a baby bump or not just you know maternity leave, but actually from way before you think about it. And even college age women or even teenagers, allowed the conversation to happen earlier and in fact starts to lift off exactly that same kind of heaviness that you can be feeling. So the five principles are perspective, balance, community, communication, and identity, which was by far the hardest chapter to write. Which one? Identity was hard? Identity was super hard. It was, I wrote it once I was finished with the whole thing. I think personally, it was the one that I grappled with the most, but so many women were, their stories were so empowering that I wanted it to be like a really pivotal one. And then the phases, which I think is really helpful for, for anyone either to be supportive of someone going through this, or if you're in it right now, or maybe this is long in your past or way, way in your future. So the BTTC, so before trying to conceive, you know, what considerations are you making for your places of work or the type of job you might want to have, or what do you want for your life right now? Trying to conceive. So one of the studies I did was one out of two women said that trying to conceive, not yet being pregnant at work had an impact, which I think for anyone who has children, they 
obviously it's like 100%, but it's a really big deal because we don't talk about it. We talk about it in little pieces, you know, fertility impacts or pregnancy and loss impacts, but that can be a really long time. Someone could be pregnant at work for five years and not yet have a baby. Then there's the private pregnancy, which instead of giving people, you know, there's a the rules of, is it at the end of your first trimester that you share, or you have to share earlier if you have issues. But instead, I just say like, there's this private pregnancy of the hush and your public pregnancy of your push. And when you decide is up to you why and how you need to share. Then the push, so public pregnancy, and I call it the push because a lot of people feel both the positive and challenging pressure around this very tiny get your stuff in order (laughs) window that happens during pregnancy. And it's also very physically visible for most people that are, you know, birthing people that are, are also carrying their child. And then the last part I call anticipating the great return. There's a few awesome resources for the great return or return to work, but For me, it was really important how to bridge that with anticipating. So do a walkthrough of what your day is going to be like or have the conversation about what your job could be like when you come back while you're still in it or what Mm -hmm. resources you need, you know, private places to pump. But doing it ahead kind of helps to also take off some of that pressure during this really special time where you're super pregnant or you're on maternity leave with your baby. I think one of the things in particular that resonates, I'm sure, with so many people is that time when you're trying to get pregnant and going through the disappointment and going through all of the stuff. And it's so emotional and the hormones and everything. And yet there's no explanation for them. So you're in this crazy hormone world and expected to behave like normal and the secrecy. I mean, I talk a lot on this podcast about how the corrosive effect of secrets is at the heart of like most novels and books. And I feel like that's it too at work when you have to keep such a giant secret. And during COVID, people were like having babies. You didn't even know. There were one day they would just post a baby. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Totally. And it's funny because so many people, you know, the the how to tell my boss I'm pregnant was one of these huge pivotal moments that I talk about in the book and how to approach it in a different way. But it's also, it's like people think that there's going to be this horrible impact of their perception or their identity shift and what their boss is going to say. And often at the end of it, the, the boss hopefully says something like, you know, if you're half as good as an employee as you are, you know, being a mom, that's a lucky kid. But for women, we feel it a lot. And we're also really worried about our health at that time. It's, you know, there's so many other factors that are out of control and also private at the same time, for sure. I remember when I was a very new mom and it was the summer and I was like in my house alone a lot of the time. And I was like, this feels like not the right society to be having kids in. It would have been so much better just to be able to have a kid and it's okay, but things don't slow down for even a minute to allow you to have a totally different lifestyle with different hours and you know all the stuff that especially the beginning requires. Absolutely. Tell me more about why this identity chapter was hard for you. I would think it's so easy. Look at you. You're like, you know, you've got like a whole brand associated. Well, you know, I think for me, it was, I I had been writing this book. So I have two sons, one's nine and one's five. So I was writing the book with the pregnancy in my rear view mirror, but I was giving advice to people. And I was kind of trying to think about it in how to write it so that I expressed my own point of view. I expressed the research, but I gave a lot of space to it. Because I think the one thing I was really deliberate with in the book is any of the stories or the advice is 
more to empower her or, you know, the environment around her versus saying like, oh, here's how you can think about your identity. Because for some people, you know, they didn't feel a change at all. And in fact, they don't want to have any kind of perception. Other people are like, I'm a completely different person. And this, you know, I'm a metamorphosis happened during my pregnancy. And it might also be that this happens right away or years later in hindsight. So I, I think I just thought about it a lot for myself, but then also how to make sure that I wasn't adding any other constraints on all the dimensions that we give to ourselves, all the labels we get to ourselves. I'm a mom and I'm a sister and I'm an employee and I'm all these different places. So I was trying to kind of take that off. So why in the midst of your own busy life, take time out to help all these other moms? Where is this coming from? Have you always been someone who helps other people? So, you know, this was such a really resonant topic personally, but I also realized that there were so many people that were willing to share their voices and stories and didn't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. So I just... I majored in chemistry, so I'm a super nerd. But on the other (laughs) side, I've always been in marketing and like product development. And I like bringing together different ideas. And for me, it was like crystallizing that together in one single resource, but was so fueled by these most private personal moments that people were willing to share in order to help others. So yes, I felt that way, but I'm so much more motivated by the fact that there are so many amazing humans out there that are willing to do that too, not just within the book, but also that right now is a moment where we can flip the script. This is what, you know, the, the shift in our culture that needs to happen. So I think those two fueling Things for me were like, okay, I can I can do this. I can write it between 11 o'clock at night and 2 o'clock in the morning. Because when I was reading the stories, I really genuinely felt not alone, which is exactly what I wanted to do with the book for so many. But also like, all right, if I can help to move the needle just a little bit, I'm going to go for it. What are some of the stories that you're most excited about or that you felt helped you the most? I mean, I think so this week I was speaking to someone and who who's a fantastic leader and that the notion we're talking about with the self-doubt is real and one of the questions i ask any interviewee so ceos or olympians um or nurses practitioners physicians i ask them five questions i said tell me a story about you when you were pregnant at work what phase did this occur because i wanted to see how it lined up with the phases or advice to make sure i put it in the chapters which i know you appreciate (laughs) then then I think for me, I ask, well, what advice do you have in hindsight? What advice do you wish you would have had? So I could tie together advice of others kind of in between the stories. And then the last question that I asked every person was, who do you want to thank? And one person that that sticks out in, in particular was she said myself. And so I was like, okay, that's a really cool story. Her story in the book is just a very simple thing, advocating for a seat on a bus. Very simple pregnant request that I'm sure so many people can relate to. But that little moment was something that she recognized, this boost in confidence that she needed to take care of both herself and also her child in that little moment was really powerful. So there's amazing stories from people um, throughout the book, but that's the one that, that right now is in my mind. So when people were thanking other people, myself, yes, okay, I can see that. Who else was a surprise to you? And were there people who thanked their bosses and were grateful for them and that that made the whole thing better or thinking more like their moms or across the board? There were, so I talk about in the book, the community that you need to create. And obviously a lot of people thank the people closest in. So whether that's a partner or a family member or a best friend, and then within and within work, 
a lot of people do. They thank that boss. And if they had that boss, then they're going to be that boss. And if they didn't have that boss, then they also want to be that boss that can be right. there for someone else. It also is sometimes, you know, the the best friend at work or the mm-hmm. ally or the, the secret partner during that secret time that helped people navigate until they were ready to share. And also there were some surprising thank yous to teams where I think people realized in hindsight, like, wow, they either really helped me in this moment or I couldn't have done this time period without them because they created their own community that also were going through similar similar experiences. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things, and I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help. And I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time. I know your book is geared more towards the mom, but as someone who has a team and a lot of young girls on my team, young women on my team who are amazing and hopefully will stay with me forever, and I'm assuming at some point if that happens, they will have families or at least some of them. What can you do as an employer? And the script earlier that you talked about was really helpful, but what can you do to set up a culture at work that makes it as easy as possible for the workers to succeed? Not workers, the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, one thing that you can do and you already do is you're just talking about your own experiences. So it makes it very normal, not just to talk about children or pregnancy and work, but all of the many work-life intersections. So I, I often start big with that and say like, listen, if you create an environment where people are comfortable to, you know, overuse phrase, but bring their whole selves to work, 
that happens in those big life moments. It happens in little life moments. So when you need to have that how to tell my boss I'm pregnant conversation or, hey, I'm thinking about you know, freezing my eggs, it's much more natural and is mm-hmm. a, a conversation versus a pressure that they're feeling. The second thing, particularly with, with regards to pregnancy and work, is talk about it long before they ever may need it. So for a lot of employers, you know, people might join an organization and then search within a web page to try to find out benefits. But instead, if you put them up front of this is what we offer, you know, before if you're considering having a family, during or after, you know, employee resource groups, all different types of resources that exist for that continuum, instead of only what's in front of people, I find that that really has been resonating a lot with new employees within organizations. That's a good idea. You should put a whole thing about that somewhere. This is great. I'm going to leave here and make some changes. And, you know, although some of them are like 23. So I'm hoping I get, <laughs> they, they, they're yeah. like dating and anyway, but it's never too early. <laughs> but you know, they might be going through other things too, as a caregiver yes. or their friends or their sisters. And it might yes. just help, you know, to, to make that something that's, oh, of course I feel supported at work. And then you get engaged people way before, you know, it's yes. a point of attrition in the pipeline for women, both pregnancy and menopause. In fact, you see like the first time people become managers or within their, you know, late twenties, early thirties, it's the same time when their careers are having this moment. So if you anticipate it, then your retention is happening long before there's any kind of risk to that too. And of course they're perpetuating in a good way for everybody else also. Yes, exactly. Or children's books. (laughs) (laughs) What does being strong mean to you? So, you know, it's funny. I've been thinking about that a lot lately because... I feel as a as a leader, as an author, as someone who's talking about an empowered approach, I have these moments where I have self-doubt. And I think that the strength that you need to carry, literally, as yep. a leader, as an author, as a friend, as a teammate, is a big one. So I think that true strength comes from, yes, having that and having that confidence and fortitude no matter what. But it's also recognizing that you're not superhuman. And the more that we can share both sides of that, I find that that's actually tremendous strength and what I really try to do. I don't do it great, especially <laughs> in front of my children. I'm like, it's completely fine. We can do all of these things at the same time. But I, I do often ask for help. And that's kind of one of the ways that I show being strong. I like that. I like that a lot. You mentioned you wrote this book between 11 and 2, 11 p.m. and 2 a.m. I like how you just threw that in there. Wait, yeah. tell, me, tell me about this whole the, whole, the whole process. Did it all take place in the middle of the night? Well, it couldn't because of the interview piece, but the no, writing. Of course. No, I, the writing, with, I mean. The well, writing. A lot of the writing did because one thing, first of all, I'm a night, night owl. Second of all, I work for a global organization. So the early mornings, I'm normally already kind of on that time zone. Versus at the end of the night, I would put my kids to sleep. I would have this kind of quiet moment. The emails would not be firing up for work. And I would be like, okay, it's a creative space. It was actually really fueling and I enjoyed the quiet. I mean, I also enjoy now my Friday nights a little bit versus only editing track changes. But it was something really gratifying. And so I just did it in a way that was really structured. I would do the interviews when I could in different kind of time slots or early or at lunchtime or at the end of the day. And then I would organize myself when I was tired and I wasn't feeling creative to write. I would write back to the emails or I would go through the research or I would you know, pluck different quotes that I really liked. But then I would just get in the zone and I knew that I liked to write in these big chunks. And I, I just kind of planned it that way. Wow. It also was not best decision, but it worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Would you do it again? Are you going to write another book? 
I would love to. I think that I need to feel the topic. And it's interesting. I have a couple different options of ones where I think it could be really helpful that are coming from kind of a similar space, but I want to give it a little bit of time. I mean, this is where I need your advice, (laughs) but I feel like I, I put so much into it in terms of making sure that there was the research, that it was relevant, that it had all of the stories that I gave this space. It was a different type of structure. And then now I, now I just want to share it. Like that's why the first page in the book is my most favorite part of the book, which it actually has a pass it on page on the inside and it's the, it, it says this book is meant to pa- be passed on and has lines on it. And everyone's like, well, what do you want from the book? And I'm like, I want to someday just find one of these books that has all these names listed in it. Because I, I really believe that. That's all I want to create. It's this ripple effect that there's great things, there's tough things, and there's a lot of neutral. And we're going to continue to have kids. And we're going to continue to be leaders. We're going to continue to join the workforce. You know, So I, I would love to help to contribute more than just the dire headlines that we often hear. I love the pass it on. It's like chain mail. The exactly. mail used to get his kids and we would like literally fold it up in an envelope and mail it. And right. Well, and so many women talk about passing off their like potty training or their breastfeeding books. Mm. And I love that, you know, moms often pass on like, you know, little, little raincoats or blazers or things like this. And the, the names are always scribbled in yep. the back. And I was like, that's really cool. So now I'm like, well, this is what I'd like to contribute. So Aww, that's really yeah. nice. So this is like the hand-me-down. <laughs> when you share it, you're sharing it also with your sport. Like if you have questions, you want to talk about it, wait, I'm here for you or not. And I'll give you your space. It's been interesting though, to have some people who are like mother-in-laws ask me if they can give this as a gift. Hmm. Uh huh. And I'm like, um, is it... <laughs> Is it because she has shared with you that she needs this support or is it, are you being passive aggressive? And if that's the case, then, then and no. don't. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> I feel bad. Mother-in-laws have it rough. <laughs> oh, an awesome one, but you know, they, they just want what's best for that, that family. I know. No, I understand. It's just, it's funny. What did you want to be when you were a little kid? I wanted to be, uh, well, two things I wanted to be was a CEO and a mom. And then somewhere in between that, I actually had an ambition to be, I would mix potions in my bathroom. So I'm in very much a similar space with all of those things that I do now. But I was really inspired by Mary Kay birthday parties. And so, so I wanted to have like the pink Cadillac and create these magic potions. And on the side of that, I also wanted to you know have a big family. So I'm doing my best against those <laughs> lofty goals. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. It's like the whole Tupperware. Yeah. Why not? It was really cool. But now I, I'm really proud because I get to work also with people. So I was a chemistry major in undergrad in college. Then I work, started working for chemical and then beauty companies. And now I'm really proud to work at L'Oreal and get to work with those scientists, but also with the people and with my job in, in HR, it's been pretty amazing to be able to bring it all together in a organic way. I worked for a short time at Unilever doing consumer products management for the launch of the Vera Wang fragrance. Amazing. I learned so much about beauty in general and companies devoted to that and oh my gosh, tooling of the bottles and everything and the noses, everything that goes into every single product. I've never looked at anything the same since. Totally. That was actually one of my first jobs was at a fragrance house and I worked on Britney Spears Curious. Oh my goodness. Wow. 
<laughs> yeah, I cannot. And all the ads, we would like rip out the ads and what do the bottles mm-hmm. look like and the smells. And at the beginning, they were like, once you smell angel, you'll never be able to not smell it. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? And I, now anytime I smell that fragrance, I'm like, true. Yep. <laughs> it's true. It is. I can smell it right now. <laughs> <laughs> is that, do you wear that? No, it's just the the, oh, the yeah. same thing where you yeah, like yeah. Three different ones. And now I'm like, wow, yeah. here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Do you like to read in your spare time? And if so, what? And by the way, how great that you recommended other books like in your genre. That's really awesome. That's a nice thing. I remember when I met Lauren Smith Brody at an event, I was like, hi, I have to tell you, I'm a huge fan of yours. And basically when I was writing my book, I was like, okay, where's the sweet spot between all these other awesome books that that way I can say you can buy this, but you also should get this one and this one and this one. And it was, that was pretty cool. I love to read. I like to alternate. So I try to read something that is full pleasure and then something that is going to have some kind of more intellectual value. So I alternate back and forth, but it's interesting because I also have a cousin who the two of us do these book clubs and try to also pick books for each other to like. So I'm actually in the, in the market right now for a new book. So any recommendations, which I know you have many very welcome as I I'm about to actually get on a plane, so I have to load up the Kindle. Oh, I interviewed Angie Kim this morning, who wrote Happiness Falls, which I would oh, recommend. Awesome. You cool. should pick this up for the plane. It, it goes will. immersive and interesting and talks a lot about parenting. And I don't know, it's, you'll, you know, it's, there's a, it's really good. That was a terrible pitch, but it's a really good book. <laughs> well, I'm very open and that you certainly have good suggestions. So. <laughs> Thank you. It's been nice though, after writing, I don't know how you feel about it, but like when you're writing, it's really hard to, to read just one, my brain would be, would, would have trouble kind of with those space, but also like your eyes, you start to go back to what you're writing and I don't know, it was tough to really get into a good book that this summer, once the book was launched, I was like, oh, I was so happy. I was like flying through things. It was nice. There's an old stack. There's actually a stack behind me too, just a whole bunch of ones that I wanted to read. Always, You have to have the stack going. You always have I to know. have the stack. And they look so pretty too. So. They do. I know. They make great ornaments. I know. They look really good. I keep meaning to move around these colors behind me, but I don't think of it until I'm like in the middle of a podcast and I run out of the room. <laughs> I love your books. It's really beautiful. Thanks. I actually love your wallpaper. It's really nice. Yeah, it's, it's a good love. It's all in this bookshelf. I'm actually sitting on this other desk because my, my other computer decided not to work. So. Oh, well, looks great. It <laughs> and how do you know Eve Rodsky? So I met Eve... It's funny because she was introduced to me through a different, a couple different people, contributors in the book, and also was just so impressed by her and by Fair Play and by, you know, Find Your Unicorn Space. And then she contributed one of her stories and then she blurbed the book. And I think that she just is such an example of what I aspire to with creating a conversation. And I think she has done that so well, particularly with, you know, I, I say in the book, like shining all the lights on the caregiving burden. For me, it was the same thing where I was like, all right, I want to flip the script on this cultural constant of pregnancy and work. Yeah, just really impressed by her. Amazing. Thank you so much. This has been so enjoyable. I feel stronger already. And your whole message and the way you're helping, it's really great. So thank you. Bravo. Bravo. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for everything you've created and encouraging, you know, more individuals and certainly moms who who should read books. That's true. <laughs> yeah. We have to make time. Yeah. Certainly not going to find it laying around. Got to no. make it. <laughs> Listen to it. We can read it. We can touch it. We can sign it and pass it on. Exactly. Yes. But thank you so much. Love it. All right.
Take care. Hope to meet you in person. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 